No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we see where Bildad complains that Job treats his three friends like they're stupid. Bildad speaks of the final destiny of the wicked. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in Job chapter 18 on Simply the Bible. Let's face it, most of us don't like to talk about death. We avoid the subject. We procrastinate drawing up a will. But Bildad, one of Job's three friends, had no problem talking about death. In fact, he really lays it on thick with Job as he describes the ultimate fate of the wicked. Moreover, he implies that Job is going to hell. Now, the truth is that we will all die. We have an eternal address in the cosmos. It will either be heaven or hell. There are no other places. God built the universe. He separates light from darkness. He determines where every being in the cosmos will ultimately reside. And at the great white throne judgment, God will sort things out and assign each person his or her place. In Bildad's speech on hell, he is absolutely right in his description, but he is absolutely wrong in thinking that Job is going there. We continue today in Job chapter 18. Then Bildad the Shuhite answered and said, How long till you put an end to words, gain understanding, and afterward we will speak? Why are we counted as beasts and regarded as stupid in your sight? You who tear yourself in anger, shall the earth be forsaken for you? Oh, shall the rock be removed from its place? Bildad, in effect, told Job, You weary me with all your worthless words. Be quiet, Job, and listen and gain understanding. And Bildad thought that he was the one to give the understanding to Job. Earlier, Job suggested that they should seek advice from the beasts. He said, now ask the beasts and they will teach you and the birds of the air and they will tell you. So Bildad is saying, are you calling us stupid beasts? Is that all we are to you? Bildad observed Job tearing at his flesh like a trapped animal trying to escape the noose. Job was out of control, tearing down everything in his path with his reckless words. So Bildad, in effect, says, Should the entire order of the cosmos be scrapped for you? Should the earth be moved from its foundations and the rock of Gibraltar fall into the sea? What Job was actually doing was demolishing their erroneous system that the wicked never prosper and the righteous never suffer. Verse 5, the light of the wicked indeed goes out, and the flame of his fire does not shine. The light is dark in his tent, and his lamp beside him is put out. Earlier, Job said that he waited for the grave as his house. He was saying to corruption, you are my father, and to the worm, you are my mother and my sister. Job knew that he was going to Sheol, the place of the dead, and he figured that his imminent death was inevitable. Bildad now picks up on this and in effect says, yes, Job, your light is going out, and that only proves that you are wicked. 
So Bildad lays on Job just what he has to look forward to. The steps of his strength are shortened, and his own counsel casts him down. The wicked may appear to be strong for a season, but the steps of their strength are shortened. I think of Adolf Hitler. He seemed to be formidable and invincible, but the counsel of his own heart deceived him, and the steps of his strength were shortened until he ultimately fell to his destruction. For he is cast into a net by his own feet, and he walks into a snare. The net takes him by the heel, and a snare lays hold of him. A noose is hidden for him on the ground, and a trap for him in the road. Bildad lists the various ways the wicked man is trapped, even while he pursues his ambitions. He is cast into a net. A net is spread across the path to catch him. He walks into a snare. The Hebrew word refers to branches covering a deep pit. The net takes him by the heel. This word means a snare or bird trap. It is a noose that springs when touched. A snare lays hold of him. This refers to another small animal trap. A noose is hidden for him in the ground. It's a rope for catching small animals. There's a trap for him in the road. That's a device that catches prey. So Bildad mentions every conceivable device for trapping animals to make the point that the wicked shall not escape. Truly, Satan has many different traps to ensnare people. Women or men, money, power, possessions, prestige, and pride, they all have one thing in common. They trap the wicked who shall not escape their everlasting grasp. Verse 11, terrors frighten him on every side and drive him to his feet. These traps lead to endless terrors. This puts a person to fright and to flight, but there's nowhere to run because they are in an eternal dungeon. His strength is starved and destruction is ready at his side. It devours patches of his skin. The firstborn of death devours his limbs. This describes death that begins in this life and never ends. Such is the second death that the wicked will inherit. Now think of a person in stage four cancer at the end of his life. The disease has ravaged his body. It's robbed him of his strength, his good looks, and his will to live. We know that the advance of certain diseases require the amputation of limbs. But this progressive death is only a precursor to the ultimate destruction the wicked will inherit. This reminds us of Jesus' description of hell in Mark 9.43, the fire that shall never be quenched, where their worm does not die and the fire is not quenched. This describes a painful, progressive, and unending destruction. He is uprooted from the shelter of his tent, and they parade him before the king of terrors. Now, a man's home is his castle. It's his domain and hopefully a haven of rest. But one day that will all end. Death is the reality many people just don't want to talk about. The American newspaper tycoon William Randolph Hearst, famous for the Hearst Castle, would never permit anybody to mention death in his presence. Yet on August 14, 1951, he was uprooted from the shelter of his California castle. 
Now, Bildad says that the wicked will be paraded before the king of terrors. Who else could that be but Satan? Truly, those who have followed Satan by rebelling against the rule of God will be cast into the lake of fire prepared for Satan and his angels. In his book, The Great Divorce, C.S. Lewis writes, There are only two kinds of people in the end, those who say to God, Thy will be done, and those to whom God says, In the end, Thy will be done. All that are in hell, choose it. Without that self-choice, there could be no hell. Verse 15, They dwell in his tent, who are none of his. Brimstone is scattered on his dwelling. His roots are dried out below, and his branch withers above. The memory of him perishes from the earth, and he has no name among the renowned. All that the wicked live for, the power, prestige, and possessions they seek to acquire, will be no more. Others will dwell in their houses. Their roots will be dried out below, and their fruitful branches withered above. Their memory will perish from the earth. It's like pressing the delete button on your computer. It's gone. Their name is remembered no more. And even if it was, what good will that do them in hell? He is driven from light into darkness and chased out of the world. He has neither son nor posterity among his people, nor any remaining in his dwellings. Those in the west are astonished at his day, and those in the east are frightened. Surely such are the dwellings of the wicked, and this is the place of him who does not know God. The wicked are driven from light into darkness. Jesus called this the place of outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Where is this outer darkness? There will be no room for it in the new heavens and earth that God will create. The paradox of hell is that it will be a place that is not a place. It will be, in an absolute sense, outside of reality. We can't even imagine such outer darkness. This is the everlasting dwelling of the wicked, God who created all things, God who ordered the cosmos and who separated light from darkness, will finally judge everyone and separate the wicked from the righteous, assigning them their non-place in the cosmos. Now, was Bildad correct in his description of hell? Yes. But was he right in his assumption that Job was going there? Absolutely not. God said that Job was a blameless man who feared God and shunned evil. Bildad's doctrine was accurate, but his application was horrible. Bildad might have well stuck a knife in Job's wounds and twisted it. No wonder Job called his friends miserable comforters. But hell must be taught on and described. I think that in our fear of being known as fire and brimstone preachers, we have avoided the subject of hell too much. Jesus certainly spoke about it. And why did he do that? Well, why does a parent tell their children not to talk to strangers or play in the freeway or grab onto high-voltage wires? Is it because they want to terrorize their children? No, it's because they love them and they want to warn them of things that would ruin their lives. And God doesn't want your life to be ruined. He wants you to enjoy eternal life with him for eternity. But you cannot enjoy heaven unless you are righteous. And you can't be declared righteous unless you believe in Jesus Christ. 
As Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Are you saying to God, your will be done and living accordingly? Or are you saying to yourself, my will be done, I want it my way? How you answer that question will determine ultimately your eternal address, your everlasting place in the cosmos. The COVID-19 pandemic has forced us to deal with the reality of death. My heart breaks. Each night I read of the number of deaths in our country. The the latest count is nearly 65,000. I cannot get the images out of my mind of refrigerated semi-trailers in New York filled with bodies. Who anticipated this? Who expected the world to so drastically change in a matter of months? But this is how life is. We're here one day, living our lives, pursuing our dreams, educating ourselves, spending time with the people we love, enjoying our possessions and hobbies, and then one day, it's our last. That's reality. We may not like to talk about it, but we dare not ignore the subject. It is the one appointment for which we must be prepared. In addition to the good news of salvation through faith in Jesus Christ, we must deal with the bad news of hell and tell others to warn them. D.L. Moody made it his habit to preach one sermon on heaven and one on hell in each of his campaigns, but he said that a man's heart ought to be very tender when preaching about the doom of the lost. Bildad did not understand that. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. To listen to other episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our iTunes podcast. If you have any questions or comments, please contact us through our website. Next time, we'll see where Job complains that his friends show him no pity and everyone has forsaken him, but he knows that his Redeemer lives. It is Job's moment of triumph over all his trials. We hope you'll join us as we continue in the book of Job on Simply the Bible.